So we're going to begin the Rebbe Maharash, story of the Rebbe Maharash with a story before we get to his whole life, just a story about him. The Rebbe Maharash would take uh, like trips on his wagon, like a short trip, almost every single day. And uh, Ivan, the wagon driver, they would let him know and he, would, he was given five minutes to harness the horses. Sometimes there were two horses, four, sometimes six, based on whatever the Rebbe told him. And after that, he drove the Rebbe to the outskirts of the town. And most of the people assumed that he went on these trips for health reasons, right? To take a walk, to get some fresh air. They didn't really think about it. However, there were some Hasidim who believed that there was something more going on with these trips. So after all, the, the Rebbe's every action is for a reason, has great meaning. So acting on a hunch, when uh, they were saying, in honor of those, a happy occasion, whatever it was, and one of them said innocently, right? of course, very innocent, it's not right that we're all drinking mashka without offering any to the Rebbe's faithful driver. Ivan, come here. You want to you wanna cup of mashka? And uh, of course, not needing a second invitation, of course he's going to say yes. And he fills it up. He drinks the whole thing in one shot. And they say, oh, take a second cup. Come on, it's great. And um, once the wagon driver uh, took a third cup, now ready, he was ready to spill all the beans that whatever they wanted to ask of him. So uh, they casually asked him, what goes on when you drive the Rebbe every single day? Almost every day. And as the chassid was hoping, Ivan starts describing what he witnesses on these trips. He said, usually, he just goes for a walk and does some exercises, but sometimes he, he takes off his long jacket, right, the kapata, and he sits down on a tree stump. And as if out of nowhere, hundreds, sometimes thousands of ants appear and they just cover him. And he sits there and cries and he stays in that position as long as he desires or better said, until he stops crying. He then stands up, he makes a brushing motion with his hands, and all the ants just like disappear back into their holes. And Ivan continues, says, I don't understand him. Why does he cry so much? He's the richest person in the whole area. We're gonna get to later, the Rebbe Marash was fabulously wealthy. Um, he has a beautiful house filled with golden utensils. He wears expensive clothing, his carriage is so fancy and expensive that even the, 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 the princes are jealous of his carriage. But he cries like a person who has nothing. What's he missing? Now this just gives you a small window into the Rebbe Maharash's life. And the Hasidim were correct. There is a lot more that met the eye. And as we're going to see throughout the stories, that... Although the Rebbe officially used to travel a lot for health reasons, but the main purpose was to take care of community matters. And then Ivan came along and reveals another unknown amazing thing of his life that they didn't know about. Right? So the Rebbe Maharash was always cheerful, smiling at everyone, greeting everyone nicely. No one could tell or had any reason to believe that he was worried about a single thing. After all, he's very rich. 
And he, he has everything you could desire. He continued his business of buying and selling uh, stocks and bonds. Even when he was a Rebbe, he continued to do all these things. Yet at the same time, he was extremely ill, suffering horribly from uh, different things, illnesses and, and like uh, stuff that he had wrong with his body. And he even had open sores that wouldn't heal. So when, when someone has an open sore, the sore is like, that, that the, like the skin opens up. Sort of like, imagine you ever had a pimple that popped? A blister that popped? So if you have a blister that pops and the skin that's there is very raw, you can't, anytime anything touches it, you feel pain. So imagine having that, but much bigger, all over, and it doesn't, and it's not healing. Um, so that's, mamish is very painful. Anytime clothes brushes against it, if, if he has them on his legs and he's sitting down, that, that can cause pain also. Additionally, he was worried sick about the welfare of the Yidin in Russia. But if you looked at him, you wouldn't see any of this. He's always smiling, even by members of his own family. In front of, in front of others, he always had a gracious smile. But when, when no one else is around, he pours out his heart to Hashem. He would travel to Petersburg to speak with uh, government ministers whenever he felt it was needed. And he spoke to them fearlessly, and he was even threatened many times. And he, he showed openly, he's not afraid of them. He's willing to give up his life for the Yidden. Yet these meetings would sometimes be so intense and stressful that he would be drained of all energy. And Taka in the summer of 1882, the pain of one of these meetings severely affected his health that led to the illness that led to his histalkos at, at the young age of 48, the youngest in age to, to pass away of any of the Rabbeim. So let's begin. Um, it was 1833, and the sun of Lubavitch, the Ruchni sun, was shining brightly. So the, the, it was after the Stalkus of the Magad already in 1827. And... The, and, and it took uh, six months, and finally the Semach Tzedek agreed to become Rebbe. And the Rebbe, this was uh, that year, not, not the year he became Rebbe, years later, the Rebbe told a story. I'm sorry, what happened was the Rebbe told um, the Chassidim asked him to Fabring, it was a Shvuis. And the Rebbe said, Well, do you want me to Fabring or do you want to hear a story? Now, when the Rebbe asks you, Do you want to Fabring or do you want to hear a story? You want to hear the story. If the Rebbe is asking, clearly the Rebbe wants to hear a story. So this was the story. I said, I'll tell you a story. It's about a Yid called Yaakov Ishtam. So there was once a Yid by the name of Rabbi Yaakov. 
So he is, his business was that he would rent out things from the local parrots and he would rent it to other people. Right? So let's say he rented out a few kretschmes and then he found people to run the kretschmes and they would pay him money and he would give it to the, to the parrots. Uh, people loved to deal with him. This Rabbi Yaakov, he was known to be very honest, and that's why he got the nickname Yaakov Ishtam, the honest, the honest guy. Now, one of his tenants that he had, who rented a kretschme from him, an uh, uh, inn, was also named Rabbi Yaakov. And he leased this inn from him for many years. And this arrangement worked out for both of them until one year, for unknown reasons. Rabbi Yaakov had very few customers. Maybe the weather, something else, whatever it was. And that, when the year comes to an end, he realized that he's in a very difficult situation. He, Mamish, doesn't have the money to pay the rent for the whole past year. And when he goes to Yaakov Ishtam, he tells him the situation. So the Yaakov tells him, if you can't pay the, the, the dues, I can't rent it into you anymore. And distressed as to where he would uh, resettle with his family, find a new source of income. So the innkeeper went to his Rebbe, the Tzaddik, Harav Yisrael of Ruzhin, the Ruziner Rebbe, the Hilika Ruziner he was called. And the Ruziner called the landlord, Rabbi Yaakov Ishtam, who was also a chassid of his, right? Two of his chassidim, two Rabbi Yaakovs. And he asked him, could you please forgive his debt? Come on, he's a fellow chassid, he's a poor guy, you have to help another get out. And out of deeper respect for his Rebbe, Rabbi Yaakov agreed, and he said, you know, not only am I going to forgive the rent for this past year, but next year I'll lower the rent for him. But he warned the innkeeper that next year I'm not going to play around with you. you got to pay. Business did not pick up over the year. Comes the end of the year, same thing happened. He couldn't pay. He goes to the Yaakov Ishtam. Tells him I can't pay. He says, okay, I got to kick you out. He says, oh, no, no, let's go back to the Ruziner. Right? So they go back to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe says, come on, you got, you got to let him go. Come on. Agreed. Fine. I'll let him stay here. And I'll even lower the rent even more. You could already guess what happens. Comes the end of the third year. No money. And... He goes, runs to his Rebbe, and he says, Rebbe, I, the guy's going to kick me out. I have nowhere to go. My family's going to be homeless. And the Rojaner calls him back. And he says, come on, could you, could you let him go one more year? And the Rebbe says, Rebbe, I'm going to forgive the debt for this past year. However, I can't have him stay in the inn anymore. Three years in a row already, obviously he has bad luck. I can't do it. I, you, you think like I'm rich. I'm not, I'm not rich. I'm, I need this money to pay the pirates. And I just can't do it anymore. So I'm going to forgive the debt. But he needs to find a p- different place to, to live. And that's it. And there's nothing in Shulchan Aruch that says I have to keep him there even though I know he's going to lose money. And Take, he kicked out the poor innkeeper and he leased it into someone else. And we'll continue the story tomorrow.